The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 21. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, As for these things that you see, the day will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. And then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your souls. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, you give us faith. You give us a community with the promise that you will be there. And with that promise will be persecution and hardship that our faith will be strong in you. Amen. So do you like good news, bad news jokes? You ready for a groaner? Here goes. The art gallery owner says to the artist, I have some good news and some bad news. And the artist asked, what's the good news? And the gallery owner says, the good news is that a woman came in here today asking if the price of your paintings would go up after you die. And when I told her they would, she bought every one of your paintings. That's great, says the artist. What's the bad news? Oh, the bad news is the woman was your doctor. Nice groan, thank you. Along the same line, trying to figure out what does this text mean? You remember the old uh, posters with Uncle Sam pointing his finger and saying, I want you? 
Well, what if it's Jesus pointing your finger at you and it says, I want you? And then in small print it says, you will be arrested and persecuted. You will be handed over to religious and secular authorities. You will be witnesses to these authorities about Jesus. You will be betrayed by family members. Some of you will be put to death and you will be hated by all because of me. Not the type of poster we want to invite new people to be Christians. But that's what the text is today. Not too cheerful, but full of good news. Not too like it, but a promise involved to save us. So Jesus comes and he has bad news for his disciples. He, they're talking outside the temple, and he says the bad news is the temple will fall. The good news is God has a plan for the future, and you're part of that plan. So what was the temple like? The disciples were saying it's a beautiful place. And they were looking at a temple that stood on 36 acres of land. It was made with giant stones of white marble. And some of the stones were overlaid with gold at all reflected in the sunlight, and it sat on a hill and could be seen from a long distance away, and it must have looked like a jewel shining in the sun. Probably one of the more beautiful buildings in the Roman Empire. And Jesus says, there will not be one stone left upon another. And you as my followers will have experienced persecution and violence, and their life as they know it would fall apart. So the text has two ways to go. On the one hand, it says, the end is coming. Prepare for it. Figure out when Jesus is coming. Figure out when the wars are going to happen. Figure out how to survive persecution. Figure out that calendar of the end time. Which in another Bible verse says, no one knows the calendar except God the Father. The second approach is see the invitation to faith and hope, inviting us into the tribulation and trial because it will make our faith stronger and it will make our appreciation for what God has created and what God gives as a gift. Since you heard my sermon last week, you know that I like number two. 
because it's like talking about the resurrection right now. We know there's a resurrection coming, but we have a resurrection right now. And that is the faith that we're living in. And in that time of persecution, it's not the suffering that Jesus points out, but he says, it will be an opportunity to testify about your faith, to testify what God is doing. Sort of like Moses testifying that God is freeing his people from Egyptian slavery and victoriously taking them into the wilderness. And then Jesus backs that up with a parable, a proverb, excuse me. Not a hair on your head will perish. Always thought that was rather fitting. My father-in-law had about a hundred hairs on his head. It was real easy to count. But he says, not one will be lost. They may experience persecution, but they themselves will be saved. Resurrection right now. Resurrection to come. So Jesus loves us. He always tells us the truth, even when it's hard truth, like persecution. This is truth because in the next chapter is his passion and death. He's looking beyond the agony and suffering of the cross and he's telling us about what we will suffer as Christians. Jesus will be carried home in the arms of God through the cross, and we too will be carried home as we bear up the cross, even though the cross may be light, prejudice against Christians snide remarks about going to church, negative peer pressure, a world that has fewer and fewer values. But for some, the cross means martyrdom. They did a recent study. There are more than 50 countries that are officially anti-Christian. And if you go there, you may have death or imprisonment, harassment, expulsion. So our Christian life is more than just the patience, the endurance that it's talking about. It's like that marathon. It's more than a marathon because there are things that will trip us up. There are things that will take away our faith. There are things that will take us out of the race. And in that endurance, we get back up, we look to the cross, 
We look to resurrection right now, and then we know we are triumphant. The resurrection triumphant gift of God. Let us run with perseverance to the cross and not lose heart. Endurance. Marathon runners, if you ever watched any of the end races of a marathon, or maybe you've done a marathon, at the end they are tired and collapsing from exhaustion. Is this what God has in mind for us? That we are finishing the race but dying with exhaustion? No, it actually says we are to rejoice in the Lord always, in good times and in bad, in persecution and in celebration. Rejoice in the Lord always, That's how we do the endurance, by turning to God and rejoicing. The gift that he gives of grace becomes the source of our strength to endure. It's the witness. It's the enduring. It's the grace. It's the time of conflict. It's the time of witnessing. And Jesus has gone through it all for us before we face them. So we rejoice and we say, thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your love in which we rejoice. We thank you for the endurance which we have been given. And we thank you for the resurrection now that we have faith. Amen.